This is alternative history. Darn it! This is alternative. <laughs> oh my god! This is alternative history. Um, I think about Santa Claus that he might um be friends with Jesus. I mean. Yeah, Jesus, because he gives out presents on the day that he was born, or something like that. I want a picture of him, because then I can show everyone that doesn't believe in Santa Claus that he is real. I might just want to put, like, my phone up in a corner and start videotaping it and see if he actually appears. Or maybe he just won't give us presents, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, then he died. Then, then anyway, then he put down and he fresh in a house. <laughs> Whatever you said just made no sense at all. Yeah. Then, then he not died. Then he pulled off the bed of that. <laughs> he walked away. He bothered. <laughs> he walked away. Then they called ice. <laughs> it's very pretty. In the it's North in the Pole. Pole. Underground, maybe? No, he was in That's the North Pole. That's why nobody can find him. In the middle of the North Pole. And then he has like this post field where like nobody can. Nobody now. They just push the button, then they can't see at all. They can't see at all. And I don't know who put head on the window. Da, da. Then, anyway, because I don't know. Well, some people might think um, their parents might bring the presents, but if you search all over the house and you don't find any, it's Santa Claus. Duh. Is Santa Claus real, Benson? Yes. Stella, is Santa Claus real? I know. <laughs> no? No? Wait. I got down. He put down. And, and I know. Well, there you have it. Two out of three Fisher children believe in Santa Claus. Happy holidays. This is the Alternative History Podcast, and I am your host, Brian Fisher. With me, as always, is... Rodrigo Monaco Barros. And as you can tell from what my, my children were just pontificating about, we are talking about uh, Santa Claus, Christmas and Santa. And uh, what we are going to be getting to the bottom of is the realness of Santa Claus. Is Santa real? Well, as like I said, we heard your kids talking. Let me ask you this. So what are your kids' favorite Christmas movies? So uh, Stella is, is the, the Grinch, or she says the Binch. Uh, I think Benson is probably like Polar Express, and Jack is, he, he's really into uh, Christmas Vacation now. The, the, the cable PG-13 version of it, not the... Uh, not the better one. Not the, not the swear-filled one where he's going insane at the end. May I ask, which Grinch movie is your kid into? Any of them and all of them. She just loves the Grinch. When, whenever she sees the Grinch on TV, she's like, Mama, Binch, Mama, Binch! I like, like the don't, car- don't, 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 don't conflate those two <laughs> words. 
I like oh, the cartoon girl. version. Of, I like the cartoon version a lot. And then I thought, yeah, oh, she likes them all. I like the uh, I like the Jim Carrey one. We had actually we had to talk about Jim Carrey's The Grinch last year when we talked about Die Hard and how we kind of both came to the conclusion that that movie was not a Christmas movie. Yes, yes. In that vein, let me ask you this: Have you ever seen the movie Friday After Next? A long, long, hazy time ago, Rodrigo. I just recently saw it. And again, I don't necessarily think it's a Christmas movie, but it has Christmas elements. And for example, it's so funny. In the very beginning of the movie, there's a Santa Claus that breaks into Ice Cube's and Day Day's house. Ice Cube catches him. The Santa Claus beats the hell out of Ice Cube. Like one of my favorite lines of that movie is, is Ice Cube's getting beat up. He's like, Day Day, I know you hear this. <laughs> and he breaks away. And was just, there jingle? Were there bells jingling <laughs> while he was beating? It was all kinds of stuff. It was hilarious. And one of the lines that one of my favorite lines of the whole movie, Ice Cube is describing the Santa Claus to the cop. He says something like, "He looked like Bobby Brown in a goddamn Santa suit." I thought it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. That is a good line. Good line. It's got to be an awful feeling having Santa break into your house and beat you down. Anyhow. So before we get into whether or not Santa Claus is real or some kind of crazy figment of everyone's imagination, some parental lie, just run amok, we want to talk about Santa Claus in pop culture. So with movies, I looked into the top movies, not Christmas movies, because as we learned with Die Hard and maybe even Friday After Next, there are a bunch of whole, there are a whole bunch of movies that may or may not be Christmas movies. Yeah, and so. And there are movies that are firmly Christmas movies that Period. don't have Santa in them at all. So, Like the named Vacation, which is hilarious. Yes. So he's actually in the beginning of it, but in a cartoon form. Okay. So, but that, right. don't that don't count. That don't count. Okay. Anyhow, so I just uh, focused in on the top grossing Santa movies where Santa is a main character. And oddly enough, one of our previous podcast episode subjects, Tim Allen... He uh, he has the top spot for three of them. So top Christmas movie with Santa in it, The Santa Claus came out in 1994. The Santa Claus 2 is number two in 2002. And The Santa Claus 3 is number three that came out in 2006. So Tim Allen has the, he's got his claws into this Santa real estate here. Fred Claus is number four. It came out in 2007. Who started it? I remember that. That guy, um, the swingers guy. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti? From is Sideways? Is that his name? Paul Giamatti? Is he from yeah. Sideways? That's yeah. Like yep. that. Which I never yeah. watched. Yep. He plays Santa Claus. Okay. And then Bad Santa. I mean, that could be up for debate whether or not Santa's actually in it. He plays Santa Claus. A version of a really horrible, I didn't, I didn't skinny, drunken version of that one. But, all right. but that, was, that was the number five grossing one. Other movies uh, that are particularly about Santa Claus that I thought are, are, were good. Santa Claus, the movie from 1985, that's with Dudley Moore, where uh, John Lithgow's crazed toy maker tries to hijack Christmas and like take Christmas, and then he invents Christmas 2. I never, I, I do not remember the movie at all. For Thanksgiving, we invented this Thanksgiving, we invented Thanksgiving 2, which it consisted of taking Thanksgiving and putting it into a burrito wrap. And then warming it up and eating it. That was it was better than the original Thanksgiving. Like usually the sequels pair in comparison. The Thanksgiving two, that's that was everyone was happy. Nice. Like there was more coma after that. Very good. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. The nineteen thirty four version is usually the preferred version that's of a it. Good movie. There's an updated one. I'm not sure when it was made. And uh, there was a new actually Christmas movie that we watched. Me and the kids watched on Netflix. 
Christmas Chronicles. That's with, as Jack says, Star-Lord's dad plays Santa Claus. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. And then don't forget, Santa Claus is also the main character in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, a murderous, just real, like, homicidal Santa Claus. Is it the real Santa Claus? Like, I, thought, I, I have distinct I memories. I have in so long because it's never on. That no movie, out of any movie, like horror movies, like, scared the piss out of me. I, w- I used to watch, like, Freddy Krueger and stuff and, like, Jason Voorhees and all that. And all these, and, like, uh, Hellraiser. But I, I have a distinct memory of being in my grandparents' basement while my cousins were watching it and hiding because they had taken this sacred figure in my life and turned him into a murderous thug. <laughs> yep. Like, how could you do that? That was Santa. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's awful. Santa seems to be a main character in a lot of bad, bad Hallmark movies, a lot of bad movies that you can find on Netflix. You could almost argue that Hallmark movies like make their money during Christmas time with their terrible Santa movies. Yeah. I don't think anybody watches them except... I don't think anybody watches that channel except when Christmas time. There was... Uh, you brought up a movie during... Last the, time, yeah. yeah. I can't remember what it is. I can't remember the name of it, but it was just such a terrible movie. Where, like, it was like Santa went to Vegas and turned into a real... Per- he turns into a real person once a year. It was like, awful. It him weird. and his wife become young once a year and they go so they went to Vegas to hang out. It was yeah. just... Alright. So TV, oddly enough, there are no sitcoms that revolve around Santa Claus or Christmas in general. I wouldn't say too oddly because that's the thing, it's so seasonal. But because yeah. we mentioned that earlier, I was like, duh, you know? But I'm like, I started thinking about it at first. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense because like, there's no real shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not that there's no shows, but like, there's no. Like, how are you going to put a show about it? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's true. It's, it's but, like, of all the other, all the other, like, I mean, you see what they did with Snow White. They turned her into a warrior in those movies. I'm surprised oh, they haven't. Yeah. And, right. and, like, they turned, they just did something with the Nutcracker and they turned it into some kind of, like, anyhow. Um, if they can, if they can turn the story of Noah into some kind of Lord of the Rings thing, I'm sure they can figure out a way to some, make some kind of franchise out of Santa, whether it be on TV or movies. Yes. But, anyhow. So on the music, since there is no real TV about Santa, outside of like every sitcom usually has like a Christmas theme episode. Yeah, episode. Yeah. Anyhow. At least out of My So-Called Life last year we talked about that. Yes, My So-Called Life had, well, I had one of the better ones that, yeah. in my opinion. Top music, so I looked at the top 10 songs and I have been unsufferable in this house since uh, every time I hear one I'm like, you know Jessica, this is one of the uh, top 10 Christmas songs of all time. Oh, sure she loves that. Just so you know that. <laughs> Top song, number one, is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Which I like a lot. Yes, it was a very, very good song. It's rightfully number one. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Holmes. Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. That's a great song. Uh, Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy... I didn't think he would do Moon River, but then BAM! Second Second Encore encore. Williams. Christmas Eve by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. White Christmas by Bing Crosby. And Last Christmas by Wham. I don't have literally top ten grossing songs, but a couple of my favorite songs from Christmas are Do You See What I See? I also like Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. I made my kids listen to that song. They're like, this isn't a Christmas song. I'm like, no, listen to Just listen. Listen. Listen careful. They, they wouldn't listen. Then I also like Santa Claus is Coming to Town by either the Jacksons or the Jackson 5. I can't remember exactly who it is. And then there's a song that I discovered recently called Father Christmas by the Kinks, which I also like an awful lot. 
There is two songs that I, I like to mention. Uh, they're ones by Paul McCartney. I, I think it's called like, "Having a Wonderful Christmas, Christmas Time,", time yep. and then the J- John Lennon anti-war song "War Is Over." If you want it, and then I think they mentioned "Have a Merry Merry Christmas" in that. So it, you hear it on Christmas radio that's been playing nonstop since about mid-November in my house. So we also generally talk about news that happens in in given year, whatever topic we pick on this show. So obviously we're not going to give a serious year for this episode. However, I do want to talk about the few times you see Santa in the news or sometimes where it appears in the news. So one of the things that I really like is that NORAD tracks Santa and this started happening in 1955 when a Sears Roebuck store in Colorado Springs, Colorado gave children a number to call a Santa hotline. The number was mistyped resulting in the children calling the Continental Air Defense Command, CONAD, on Christmas Eve. That's hilarious. Instead, the Director of Operations, Colonel Henry Shoup, revealed the first call for Santa and responded by, t- oh, received the first call for Santa and responded by telling the children that there were signs on the radar that Santa was indeed headed south from the North Pole. A tradition began which continued under the name NORAD Tracks Santa when in 1958 Canada and the United States jointly created the North American Air Defense Command. NORAD. Yeah, I mean, that could have went, like, if they got a real grouchy guy on the phone, (laughs) that could have been real bad. Like, why are you calling here, you little shits? (laughs) Shouldn't you be in bed? I know what you're doing. Like, you're getting nothing for Christmas. Like, I would have been tempted to do. So I thought that was interesting and newsworthy, if you will. There are really good people out there, and he's obviously one of them. And you also have uh, many local television stations, which will track Santa. And there are also websites dedicated to this. And another sort of news story, but not exactly news, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but uh, images of Santa Claus were further popularized through a dude named, I'm going to get this one wrong, Hayden Sunblom. Uh, His depiction of Santa for the Coca-Cola company spawned a big, essentially, like, big knowledge of Santa for the world. It led to this urban legend which stated that Coca-Cola, because of the red and white colors of their brand and the red and white color of Santa, that they're the ones that created Santa Claus. This is an urban legend which is not true. uh, Completely patently false. We're actually going to get into that a little bit as we uh, go through the rundown of Santa Claus. So speaking of the rundown of Santa Claus, the thesis specifically is, as we mentioned, is Santa Claus real? And to get to the bottom of that, we got to figure out how does Santa Claus start, right? And so... We want to get a baseline of what Santa is today. Today, Santa is known as Santa Claus, Saint Nick, or Saint Nicholas, Chris Kringle. I'm not really sure where Chris Kringle comes from, other than it sounds delicious. And Father Christmas. He is seen as a man-sized, fat and jolly, bearded, rosy cheeks, or may or may not be smoking a pipe. And he wears a red hat, coat, and pants lined with white fur, and lives at the North Pole with his wife and his and his elves. He has a team team of elves that help him uh, make his gifts in his workshop. He rides on a sleigh powered by eight flying reindeer, sometimes nine depending on the weather, and that would be Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. The other ones are Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. Donner and Blitzen, they translate to thunder and lightning. And they can be known as, depending on what language, where the translation is coming from, they can be known as Dunder or Donder for, for Donner, 
and Blitzen could be known as Blixem or Blixen. And these two languages are particularly Dutch and German. Dutch and German, and that's that's kind of where 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 uh, the Santa that we know today essentially is is derived from. And one of the things I found interesting in our research is that most likely all of his reindeer are girls. Yeah, you mentioned that 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 they're all females and. Uh, the reason being is that only female reindeer uh, re- retain their antlers during winter. Hmm. And oh, he is around in winter. It's, it's winter year-round up there, so there's probably only female. I don't know how we keep... Well, they, they're eternal. They're eternal. Yeah, they're, they're magic. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that leads me into... Santa is magic, right? He delivers presents in a single night to all the good children of the world, assuming they believe in him. And we were talking about this off mic. Catholicism is kind of on the decline. You could say I, that. I don't think I'm talking telltales out of school by saying that. Christianity on a whole is kind of on a decline as far as membership goes. I would think Santa Claus is ripe for gaining new membership because if I'm just some dude and some guy touting Islam is coming to me, I'm like, mm, you know, Islam's pretty interesting. It's, it's got its wonderful tenets. Uh, Scientology, some guy's talking about Scientology and the bridge to total freedom, I'd be like, hey, why not, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if guy touting Christianity comes and says, hey, we got all that stuff, plus we got a guy that comes and brings presents for free, once a year, whatever you want, comes, drops them off to your house, no questions asked, Pretty good selling no point charge. Right there. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm in. Yep. Let me get in on that. That's what I need. So, Catholic Church, hope you're listening. We need you need to market Santa Claus way better a than you. Better, right? Yeah, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, so I think that would seal the deal with a lot of lot of conversion, you know. But anyhow, they keep chapping about charming about uh, baby Jesus. <laughs> so yes, on his birthday. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Ain't no buzzkill on Christmas like talking about baby Jesus. Anyhow, so. Santa Claus, history of Santa Claus. Santa Claus, in the research that we did, all starts with the historic Saint Nick. Saint Nicholas was a bishop who lived in the fourth century in a place called Myra in Asia Minor, now called Turkey. He was a very rich man because his parents died when he was young, when he was young and left him a lot of money. He also was a very kind man and had a reputation for helping the poor and giving secret gifts to people who needed it. There are several legends about Saint Nicholas, although we don't know how many of these are true. The most famous story about St. Nicholas tells how the custom of hanging up stockings first started. So there was this poor man who had three daughters. He was so poor that he was going to either sell his daughters into prostitution or slavery. That is awful. That's pretty poor. That's pretty brutal. I'm going to tell my kids this story and be like, just be glad you're alive now and daddy has a good public sector job. (laughs) And as such... The rumors are, the stories are that he would deliver bags of gold through their chimney yes. so that the daughters would have a dowry. Pay their dowry, yeah. And uh, this happened the first time. The guy couldn't figure out who it was. The father couldn't figure it out. It happened again. Couldn't figure it out. The third time, he waited. He was trying to, He was ready for this. And he caught St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas asked that he not be revealed. Of course, it gets revealed somewhat. And in that area, whenever a gift was given and there was no knowledge of who that gift was or who gave that gift, it was attributed to St. Nicholas. So that's how that tradition started. Nice. Another one that I didn't know about was that 
was that he's not only the patron saint of children, he's also the patron saint of sailors. One story tells of him helping some sailors that were caught in a dreadful storm off the coast of Turkey. The storm was raging around them, and all the men were terrified that their ship would sink beneath the giant waves. They prayed to St. Nicholas to help them. Suddenly, he was standing on the deck before them. He ordered the sea to be calm. The storm died away, and they were able to sail their ship safely to port. Nice. Yeah, and uh, there is another story that I read that is attributed to St. Nick, but they're a little bit on a darker scale mm-hmm. in this story. So the, the story that I have is St. Nick, uh, he enters an inn, and the innkeeper had just uh, killed three children and dismembered and pickled their bodies in a, in a barrel. And St. Nick, being part Sherlock Holmes and part Jesus, apparently, he found these, he sensed that this crime happened and resurrected the children. And in lore, the story goes that the innkeeper was a fellow named... So wait, when he resurrected them, did he put them back together? Or were they like... It didn't really get into details. Okay, okay, like just I, when I, I'm assuming he, he put them back together, that there wasn't just like floating chunks of I children. I was wondering, that's what I'm asking. Walking around yeah. like, hey Billy, where's your leg? <laughs> ah, man. It's over there, over there. It's, it's got a mind of its own nowadays after it got resurrected by St. Nick. So, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that he sewed them back up. Right, so the lore is is that the innkeeper was this guy named Pierre Futard. That we we went over this. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. He was a black man, maybe Moorish, and he his punishment for the crime of killing these kids was to be Saint Nick's eternal servant, and he's the one who hands out coals and beatings to the bad children, which seems a little. I mean. I don't know if I'd have a guy who was <laughs> killed and dismembered three kids doing the punishment. Doing the dirty work for you. Because it takes things to the extreme, yeah, this guy. a little bit, bit a little right? bit, right, right. So anyhow, well, he's, uh, he appears to be the uh, inspiration for a character named Zwarte Piet, which is from the Netherlands, which we'll get into in a little bit here, that has a little bit more of a infamous background Negative also. Negative connotation, Con- if you will. Yes, definitely. Pierre is depicted as kind of as the anti-Santa Claus. He's sometimes seen... Is, is wearing like a black Santa suit, all black Santa suit, and it, when I saw a picture of it, it, it kind of reminded me of Spider-Man Three, when he was, he was the all, alien symbiote. He's like, oh, he's in all black. He must be bad, right? <laughs> right, like, right. Come on, man. All right. Anyhow, so he's this this character is kind of similar to Krampus, which we'll get into in in a little bit too. But not, he's not. They're they're, they're, they're two different, different characters. When, but we're, when we were talking off mic. For- for sure, I thought he was Krampus. I initially thought he was. I had to go look. To, I Googled. I was like, this Pierre, Pierre Futard, and, I said, and Krampus, and to see if anything came up. And it, sound, it sounds like they're similar. Mm-hmm. They're just basically anti-St. Nick's right. versions of. And you can, there's versions of this. And we'll, we'll get into that. But So a little bit more about St. Nick. He was neither fat nor jolly. Spent a lot of time in prison due to his defense of Christianity. He was also alive during because he was alive during the time of the Great Persecution. Actually, he was persecuted and imprisoned by Emperor Diocletian. That bum. Mm. Yeah. Until Constantine brought Christianity to the Holy Roman Empire. Well, the Roman Empire. 
aka the Holy Roman Empire. So Saint Nick's Day is uh, December sixth. Is that I believe is that the day he passed? This is the day he died, but they're not certain in what year. It's either three forty-five or three fifty-two. And you were you were saying something about when he died. Well, there was a story you had about his bones. Uh, now several centuries later, in ten eighty-seven, his bones were stolen from Turkey by some Italian merchant sailors. The bones are now kept in the church named after him in the Italian port of Bari. So. December 6th, that's when St. Nick comes and fills uh, stockings with goodies, and it's kind of just like a trial run for Christmas. Pre-Christmas. That's what it seemed like. Exactly. And it, I, when I was a kid, I was like, so wait, St. Nick comes, and then Santa Claus comes, and he's the same person? I'm not... And then I, we just kind of, in my brain, I was like, it's, it's Christmas practice. Well, I understood that St. Nick delivers to everybody in the family, whereas Santa delivers to the kids. That's how I understood it. Mm, well, that would explain why I don't get anything for Christmas. <laughs> All right. So, during the uh, Protestant Reformation, the idea of a benevolent gift-giving figure was morphed into uh, baby Jesus. So, uh, the, 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 the Protestant Reformation was like, why are we giving all this credit to some dude when everything needs to be about baby Jesus? So, they kind of had the real Christmas idea, right? where baby Jesus is handing out the gifts, but they ran into a problem. Baby Jesus isn't scary so at all. scare the kids to behave, because this is a tradition in, in Latin America where baby Jesus is definitely involved in the gift-giving of yeah. Christmas. Yeah, I did I did do, do some research into that, and they, yeah, he's, uh, he's in, in Venezuela, I believe, he, he, it was more prominent than, than most other, like, versions of a gift-giving um, creature. Entity. Entity. <laughs> Creature. Let's continue. <laughs> Sorry, we're about to get into Krampus. So, uh, the they they decided that they needed a menacing sidekick for Baby Jesus to keep the kids in line. Because exactly. that's the, that's the point, right? Yep. When we say it wasn't scary, we're saying remember it's also a, a tool to keep the children. Yeah, behaving. and these came from uh, mainly Germanic figures, and they were in the vein of Saint Nick, but they had names like Rukloss, which translates to rough cloths. This one's great. <laughs> Ashen Claus, which is Ashy Nicholas. <laughs> Dude needs lotion. I know, right? It's like Ashy Lady. I'm rich! No, I'm sorry, I can't do the no. Chappelle show. Assuming that he came down the chimney, that's how he got so ashy, and not because of his Dry dryness or lack of lotion. <laughs> Pell's Nickel, which is Fury Nickel, uh, Furry Nicholas. So I think that's where you start getting into a Krampus kind of figure. Furry Nicholas. Well, you're not saying he dresses up like some sort of animal. I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. And uh, they demanded good behavior upon penalty of whipping and or kidnapping. And uh, I think they may even like threaten to be sold into slavery. It's, it's some shit like that. Definitely <laughs> trying to scare kids back in the oh, yeah. day, for sure. <laughs> so this leads us into, also, there is something called Krampus. It's associated with St. Nick. It, again, it's kind of like the anti-St. Nick. But it's supposed to be some kind of like big beastly creature. Also a Germanic tradition. Yeah, he comes <laughs> in uh, the night before, so on the 5th, he comes and punishes naughty naughty kids. He has horns, dark hair, and fangs, and is just awful. I did watch, there's a movie called Krampus that I was watching part of until the kids came in. I had to turn it off. But yeah, it was this big was bulking. It? It, was, it was okay. I mean, I didn't watch all of it, but the setup was it's these two real lousy families that, it's stuck in the house right? yeah, yeah. well they, their Christmas spirit is low like really terrible and they're having a hard time 
and Krampus comes to set them straight, I guess, and murder some of them. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Find the true Christmas spirit by murdering half your family. So you'll really be thankful for what you have. So speaking of getting into the darker side of Christmas, that leads us into Sinterklaas. And so Sinterklaas is from the Netherlands and it comes to America and it's pretty kind of like the direct translation to Santa Claus yep. from any of these other names that we talked about. Where I mentioned it gets kind of darker is on the European side. So in America, Santa Claus has got elves. In the Netherlands, Sinterklaas has Zwarte Piet, who is a Moorish elf of some sort. Uh, I think it's an, I don't know if they call him an elf, but he's a smaller guy to the point where he can slide down the, he basically does what the elves work Mm -hmm. would do. But he's a black gentleman. And the problem where they get with this is that in, in the Netherlands, we have another group of people who need to listen to episode one of the Alternative History Podcast because they continue to believe that it is okay for that for white folks to put on blackface and it's dress up as not okay. Not at all. They have been lately trying, recently been trying to justify it by saying that it's it's just chimney soot. So they're trying to say they're like Ashy Nicks. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, Ashy Nicholas? Ashy Nicholas, <laughs> yes. It's just a little soot. No, 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 no. You ain't tricking nobody, fool. No, exactly. Knock it off, Netherlands, right? Okay. I know, I know there's not a lot of black people in the, in the Netherlands. Just there's well, fair amount, but yeah, there's got to be a bunch that would like to be a Zwarty Pete or just cut Zwarty Pete out. It's like whatever. It it's probably a bad idea. So anyhow, so Sinterklaas comes to America, and that's where we start getting into the Americanized version of Santa Claus. Yes. My research showed me that Washington Irving's 1809 book Knickerbock History of New York is one of the very first portrayings of Santa Claus, or St. Nick, as smoking a pipe and soaring over rooftops on a flying wagon, giving gifts to good girls and boys. And from there, it moves to 1822 and the publication of Twas the Night Before Christmas. It was initially published as anonymous, and you mentioned that there is some kind of controversy, controversy over, over who, who may, who's the author of this story. Because if it's up for grabs, you could take it. Uh, I'll do it. Uh, you were around 1823. Nah, so I might have been. Essentially, the night before, I am eternal, right? The night before Christmas appears in uh, the New York Sentinel. I'm sorry, in the Troy New York Sentinel on 23 December 1823. Clement Clark Moore later claimed authorship, uh, though some scholars argue that Henry Livingston Jr., who died nine years before Moore's claim, was the author. Mm, interesting. But in that poem, regardless who wrote it, me or one of these gentlemen, the uh, in the poem, Santa Claus is an elf. I couldn't find in the research if in Europe they portrayed him as an elfish creature. But I know in America, when he first was coming on the scene in the 17, 1800s, he was an Smallish, elf. Right? The Small, right? Yeah, which a- makes sense because how, like, if you're going through a chimney, you have to be kind of small. Like, you can't just... They didn't. He didn't turn into Christmas dust back then, like he does now. Like just, he's magic. Don't forget. He, he is magic. Ever. He is magic. Apparently, I remember that my mom gave me a copy of the night before Christmas when we were kids, and it was an illustrated copy. And I might be wrong, but in my brain, I remember Santa not being big, roly poly, belly Santa Claus. I think he was a little bit smaller. He's actually the description of him in "Twas the Night Before Christmas" is a jolly old elf. So. 
he is still considered an elf nowadays. He's just considered a man-sized elf. A huge elf. Yeah, but okay. And he found the one female giant elf. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. Yeah. It's lonely out there in the North Pole. The, so there are, there are multiple references in the poem to a tiny sleigh, a miniature reindeer, mm. and Santa himself. Mm. There you go, yeah. So, which, you know, I was, I was reading it recently, and before we were doing the research for this, and I always wonder, I'm like, they talk about a tiny, the tiny reindeer and the miniature elf, and he was a jolly old elf. Uh, and I was always like, like why? The, like, that doesn't seem right. Mm. But, I, you know, it, for the time it was. Uh, it also has the image of his belly shaking like a bowl full of jelly, which is a lasting image of Santa Claus. And it uh, has the eight reindeer. Um, I don't, and I think it names them in, yep. in there. He is portrayed in various sizes, sometimes miniature, as we mentioned, and it, like, it, like it just makes sense that he would be tiny, sliding down chimneys. And homes weren't, they weren't like they are majestic now. homes back then. Correct. They were modest homes. Volume. Mm-hmm. From there we get to Thomas Nast. He, he is a German-born cartoonist thought to have invented the modern image of Santa Claus. He was German-born but working in the United States. He, uh, his first drawing of Santa was him handing out gifts to Union troops during the Civil War, which is good to see that he was on the Union side, Santa. This appears actually in an illustration on the January 3rd, 1863 issue of Harper's Weekly. Yep. And uh, in the picture, he is a chubby elf with a beard, and he appears to be wearing... It's a, it's a, it's not a, it's a black and white picture, mm-hmm. but he appears to be wearing a coat covered in stars and striped pants, assumingly in the vein of the American flag. He was originally inspired by the... Uh, Thomas Nast was originally inspired by the description of Santa from Twas the Night Before Christmas. So that's where you get the elf again. Mm-hmm. And when Nast was uh, depicting Santa, he started out as a disciplinarian. There was one image of Santa because he is an elf coming out of a jack-in-the-box oh with like a whip. That would be so scary. Or like a like a switch in his God. hand. You know, like, now I will beat you because you are bad and I am Santa. That sounds like some clowns that would, scary. Yeah, you know I know. That would, oh that, if that happened to the kids... They would not like Santa. No, sure. not at all. Not if they thought that Santa would beat them. Yeah. And he was commonly seen as reviewing letters from parents whether or not their kids were naughty and nice. It wasn't the actual kids writing letters to Santa. It was the parents... Oh, so he wasn't he wasn't omnis, omnipotent yet, where he can see all. Oh, yeah. So one thing I wanted to add about Thomas Nast, he's also the one that popularized the idea that Santa Claus lives in the North Pole. Yes, in 1866. He, did. Yep. The he brought that aspect to to the public. And as Nast grew older, Santa turned into someone who was playing like a cat and mouse game with like with his, with the, with kids, which you see today still yep. um, where he's trying not to be caught by the kids the who kids are, are trying, trying to, to catch him yep. Yep. exactly and uh, thank god he doesn't have a switch because if they caught him <laughs> ooh he wants sorry kid and then he then he morphed again into uh, someone who was more interactive with children and today that's those are three giant characteristics of Santa Claus where he's determining if kids are naughty and nice not so much the like Old Testament God, more of a New Testament, less fire and brimstone, more forgiving and forgiving kind. kindness yes. and understanding. And then you see the cat and mouse thing. My kids actually just mentioned today that they want to videotape, put a camera out to try to capture a video of Santa. 
And I was like, that's, that's not going to happen, kids. <laughs> not going to happen. I just, I threatened him. I said, he just won't come. Well, I bet you, you put the video out there so I can see him. Who's that? Santa's too quick. He's, too, I mean, he's, he gotta, be, he's gotta be, he's gotta be going gone, you know? He's going all over the world in yeah. one day. He's probably just, when he turns into that Santa dust to come down the chimney, he probably doesn't regenerate into Santa until he gets back up. I'm assuming. Possibly, we don't know. Nope. Uh, so, another interesting fact about Thomas Nast, he created the Democratic Party donkey and the Republican Party elephant. And that is interesting. An 1881 image of a rosy-cheeked, pipe-smoking, bearded, man-sized, and jolly-looking Santa helped cement the image of Santa. He smokes pipes a lot. It seems to be a quite a tobacco fan, Santa Claus. Well, I mean, if you're immortal, you can't get lung cancer. I'd be doing that, too. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's got to catch up to you sooner or later. I think so. Anyhow. For, for 30 years, Nastro Santa, eventually he settled in on the red coat and pants and just that red, po- red coat and pant get up that we know today. As you mentioned, it is thought that Coca-Cola did that, but we know now that that is not the case. Another thing that's known, like, not so much for our popular culture, but definitely a popular culture of a previous era and time, was uh, there was an editorial appearing on the 21st of September edition of the New York Sun in which the question is asked, is there a Santa Claus? The editorial included the famous reply, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. So this was something that was big when we were kids. Not even big, but I remember it being referred to when we were kids. I haven't heard of that in decades until I did the research here. Yeah. And we mentioned Coca-Cola. So there is the theory that they created the modern image of Santa Claus. Which has been disproven. But the main thing is that they have the red and white yeah. on their logo. Santa Claus wears red and white. What... what where I think the conflation comes in is that they they took Thomas Nast's image and brought it to a larger population because I think uh, was it Harper's Bazaar that Thomas Nast was publishing Harper's in? Weekly Harper's Weekly he was publishing in that was Coca Cola has a bigger yes, reach especially than they, you know their advertising it, it only grew from the twenties and it, it, the image of him kind of got. I mean, yeah, they helped, like, you know, massage the image of him and change it slightly, but it, it was pretty much, the image that we know was set from uh, Washington Irving to the uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas and Nast, and Coca-Cola basically just helped disseminate that out to a larger group of people. And now, you could almost say that at Christmas time, Coke and Coca-Cola and Santa are synonymous, because there are plenty of... But they're always Santa Claus on Coca-Cola yeah. cans. Yeah, you know, uh, there's Santa Claus, Coca-Cola, and Tooth Decay. They <laughs> got all yeah, that covered. locked up. Yeah. Exactly. So, combination of the historic Saint Nick, like I said, and Twas the Night Before Christmas and the, these other figures, they all kind of helped solidify how we see Santa today. And it reminds me a lot of the turkey episode, Thanksgiving episode that we did, where uh, Sarah Josepha Hale pretty much... She pretty much single-handedly turned Thanksgiving into what it is. The national holiday. I mean, there were some other aspects to it, but she she was a hell of a woman. And, and a fundamental that. figure, essentially. Yes, Similar yeah. to what Thomas and Nath is. Yeah. yeah, so you see that with two of our major holidays here, that it, they started out as kind of ramshackle. Like, I think one description that I read was it was... Uh, like St. Nick slash Christmas celebrations were in the uh, vein of Halloween, New Year's Eve, and Mardi Gras where they were more like alcohol-fueled community blowouts rather than family-orientated 
uh, celebrations. And a callback to our another callback to our Thanksgiving episode. So I remember that in the research for that uh, episode, I ran across uh, Charles Dixon. Charles Dickens. Do you hear? Do you hear, do you hear that? What is that? Uh, I think it. Uh, you know what? I bet you it's just the kids running around upstairs. Never mind. Okay, we'll cut that out. So Charles Dickens wrote a tale of two cities and in there there's a Christmas scene in which turkeys are being used I think that that's one of the reasons that turkeys became synonymous with those winter time celebrations mm-hmm. similarly Charles Dickens wrote a Christmas Carol and in that the character Father Christmas not in red and white actually he was wearing green they say uh, Father Christmas was the ghost of Christmas past took Ebenezer Scrooge on his, on his journey down memory lane I just want to bring up a couple personal stories I have about Santa Claus. Believing in Santa Claus is is something that kind of is seen as like a youthful thing. I mean, I do know a lot of adults that say they believe in Santa Claus, but I remember as a kid that there was this guy, and I'm gonna name I'm gonna, I'm naming names. His name was Chris Brook, and I think we must have been like ten. Nine, nine or ten and he was a couple years older than us and he, it was in the middle of summer and he claimed that he didn't believe in Santa Claus or Santa wasn't real and I don't know if he had any kind of like insider information but we were all we were in the backyard I remember distinctly we were like sitting on the hood of my dad's brown wood paneled station wagon just bullying this poor kid into believing in the Santa Claus we were like what are you crazy like what do you think your parents buy all those all those gifts you insane? Checking him, checking him. He was an only kid, right? We like all of us. Like there was four kids in my family. There was four in in, in the house next to us, and there, like every house had like three or four kids. And we're like, your parents can't make enough money to buy all those gifts. Are you in, like? Did you you know what I got for Christmas this? Year? Like we were like laying into them, right? Just turned him into like a quivering like mess of believing in Santa. Seriously. By the time we were done, he's like, oh, you're right, you're right. Santa's real. Santa's real. He, I mean, he, he just. We bullied the poor kid into believing in Santa, which I think. And when 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 we were me and my brother were kids, I got laser tag for Christmas, and we f- saw it a month like a month earlier in a in a room, and then we got it for Christmas. And we were trying to like figure out like what we, we couldn't say anything to our parents, right? And to this day, I don't even think I ever mentioned it to my mom. But it's like we're like, wait a second, like if we get this for Christmas, something's up. Yep. But like I said, we never mentioned it because I was so ashamed of like snooping. And uh, we also tried to capture Santa Claus, but we weren't trying to like get photographic evidence of him. We want we wanted Santa. Oh, you're gonna trap him? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We had a tree, a Christmas tree out front. We're like, it's a Christmas tree. Santa likes Christmas. Why don't we just trap him? <laughs> And good then, plan. good plan, good plan. Yeah, the closest that I ever came to possibly thinking that I was that I saw Santa, I was driving home one night and I came home, and I saw this light in our Christmas tree like moving up. I was like, and it, go, it was going to the top, and I was like, it was, it was really dark out, and I saw my brother standing outside talking to the Christmas tree, and I was like, why is he talking to the tree, and how is this light ascending to the top? Turns out it was just his friend climbing the tree to put a put a light up top there. Right? I thought maybe a miracle was happening. Kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, extremely. Like most of my life. I'm not sure, but I attribute my eighth grade Christmas haul to Santa. But you hear? I hear something again. I heard it the time too. I think. Yeah, you know what? It's the it's the the stupid the chains on their on her neck. All right, I'll cut that out too. All right. So my parents divorced in 
My parents separated in seventh grade. The divorce was finalized in eighth grade. Eighth grade was a terrible, terrible year. Yeah. We were struggling. My mom was struggling. And, like, we went to church, like, midnight mass. We come back, and there's a hall of gifts, like, in the doorway going into their duplex. And I'm like, I, I we, we, nobody ever claimed ownership. I attribute it to Santa. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I mean, because it was sick. Well, oh, maybe Santa was in a hurry. <laughs> Didn't want to get all the way into the house. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they're going to go quick. Duplex. Gotta go. But uh, that's Santa. That's how our feelings of Santa are. That's the, the history of Santa. So I think from here, we need to get into, is Santa real? Did you hear that, Rod? I heard it that time. Okay, yeah. I've been. So I don't think that was the kids this time. Or the dog. Or the dog, yeah. Oh, what? Are you serious? Oh, oh my God, it's Santa Claus, Rod. And he really says, ho, ho, ho. No, no, that's just what I call Brian. Hey, what? That's not, that's not, that's not very Santa-like. It's pretty funny, that. though. How come, yeah, I mean, how come you ain't wearing no bells? Well, I am off duty. Well, then why, why, why are you here, Santa? I have to set the record straight. You two idiots keep talking about me and... Telling, telling the world that I'm not real. I am very real. I'm here now. Well, yeah, he's, he is here. It's, it's uh, serious. How, how'd you get, how'd you get in here? Magic. Magic. That, you mean magic by that lockpick set that's in your hand? Oh no, that's my vape. Vape. Well, Santa had to give up the pipe. <laughs> I suppose it's not good for you. Santa, you know you can't vape in here, right? I got kids. It's okay, it hardly has a smell. It's healthy. Mrs. Claus does it. Santa, that was right in my face. Is that peppermint? Only the best for Santa. So Santa, you used magic to get into my house, but you need a vape to quit smoking? Is that what I'm... That's what it sounds like. No, you idiot. The door was magically open. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. This is River West. It's a good neighbor, but it's not that good. You gotta be careful next time. Yeah, well, so speaking of River West and getting into my house, how do how do we know that you're actually Santa and not just some bearded dude who vapes, which is... Pretty much everybody in River West. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brian, do you remember that sports bra I gave you at the age of 22? Sports bra, right? You did ask for it. It was a long, long, unseemly story that we don't have time for now because we're running short on time. You know what? Anyone can know that I got a sports bra for Christmas. Who doesn't get a sports bra for Christmas? What else you got, Santa? Well, I know that Rodrigo got a Beastman at age three. Oh, one of the Masters League universe. I love that guy. What else you know? I'm still not convinced. Let's see. Brian, laser tag at ten. That's true. That is true. And of course, Megatron at seven. Isn't that correct, Rodrigo? Yeah, that was the best. And of course, the Cobra Moray Hydrofoil at age eight. Damn it. This dude might be legit. Yeah. I think he is legit. Maybe. Here's a question, though. How come when I got my laser tag set, I saw it in my house like a month before Christmas. It was hiding in a clo- in one of my parents' closets. Yeah, Santa, what's up with that? Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to go to work a little early. I mean, there are a lot of houses to visit. Why would I do it all on Christmas? So wait a sec, you're telling me you plant gifts in, in houses? If it's not me, it's one of my elves. Son of a gun. That's a little sly SOB. Yeah. 
So, Santa, I'm still not convinced. I know for a fact that I buy all my children's Christmas presents. Have you ever actually gone out to the store and bought these presents yourself? Well, not, not necessarily myself. My wife does most of the shopping, but I have seen the money leaving my checking account. I don't know what your wife is spending your money on, but uh, I can guarantee you it's not Christmas presents. Oh man, you better have a conversation with Jessica, man. That's true, I have, I have actually never bought and or wrapped Christmas present. That's pretty That's pathetic. Yeah. So maybe 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 Santa Claus is real. I'm convinced. Like I, I he knows a lot of stuff that you could ask, but there's some stuff in here that not very many people know about that Megatron, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and he's a little he's a little bit more surly than I remember Santa Claus being. Well, you try delivering all those presents in well, more than one night, but the the last night is the busiest. I suppose it probably doesn't help that you gotta break into podcaster's house to set the set the record straight, huh Santa? It is part of the job. Well, Santa, I'd just like to say thank you for, you know, uh, putting us in our place. And uh, I hope you have a restful time from now until the big day when you got to go out there and deliver all those presents. Well, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Brian, if you stop telling people that I'm not real, you just might get that feather boa you were asking for. Ah, how does he know that? I don't... I don't even want to know. Let's we'll leave it at that. Feather bullets. You know I'm fabulous, right, Rod? I just... Whatever. I'm sorry. We're off topic. So, thank you very much, Santa. I appreciate you taking the time to break into my house and, you know, tell us what's what. Merry Christmas, and thank you for doing what you do for all the kids. We appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and all your seven listeners. So, there you have it. Santa... Santa's... Ri- what, what? No, he's back. What? Oh, okay. No, he just went to get a Christmas cookie. Grab the cookie yeah. and just nope. disappeared again. Yeah, just turned into like dust. I, the door was closed. This time it was locked. It, yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, he did not lock it pretty much. No. That was going to happen again. River West, baby. I'll explain why he turned into Santa Magic Dust and left out the back door. All right. So, there, I mean, there you have it. Santa's real. Like, he's real, real. Like, he keep Santa keeps it real. And he even blow, blowing smoke in my face. Something you in your yeah. own house, telling everyone my deepest, darkest secrets. Like I don't. It's just. It's he's he's real. Like what else, what else? What else are you gonna say about that? So there you have it. We are the Alternative History Podcast. We just determined that Santa Claus is real. Let us know what you think. Are we lame? Are you a non-believer? Do our voices annoy you? Whatever. Yeah. Just let us know. Yeah. Shoot us an email. We're at Alternative History Podcast at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at Alt History PC and Facebook. Alt History. We have an Instagram account. Oh, that just came out. Very good. Yeah, yep, I yep. think I don't even know how to use it properly outside of I put some pictures on there. That's great. That's Instagram. Yeah. And I don't know, you just search Alternative History, maybe? I don't on know Instagram. I mean, I, we'll, we'll have that better next time. I think it's called Alternative History. I don't know. Just look for Alternative History on Instagram <laughs> and you'll find it. Again, as I, as I always say, we appreciate you guys listening to us. We know you can spend your time doing something else. We always thank you guys very much. Have a good day. And you know what? Don't listen to Santa. We have more than seven listeners. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, all.